welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is nate holrick from natecri.com welcome nate hi rama good to be here thanks for having me Yeah, thanks for being on the show. A little bit about Nate. Nate Ulrich is a real estate investor and broker from Omaha, Nebraska. Nate's entrepreneurial background started with owning retail nutrition stores for 10 years and now has transitioned to helping others invest in real estate. Finding his why and clarifying his goals has helped him find compelling investment opportunities for himself and others. Nate now finds off-market real estate investment opportunities for others to share. in and enjoy the awesome benefits of investing. Nate just released a new book titled Fearless Investing available for free at natecre.com. With that, Nate, would you like to add anything to your background? Sure. So, yep, like Rama said, I owned nutrition stores for about 10 years and while I did that being a tenant, I saw, you know, from the tenant side of things how the owners of, you know, retail buildings and just real estate in general, you know, it seemed like a pretty good deal where you'd be able to collect rent and and make money and, you know, have a tenant pay down your mortgage and all those other benefits. So, I really started getting interested in real estate while um I owned those stores and then going from there, um, I ended up selling those stores and moving into commercial real estate where I'm a commercial broker and then a investor as well and I think the things that really helped me just propel forward and accelerate where I where I wanted to go was figuring out what my why was and the main thing I would say on my why is um so I'm married and I have, I have children and my youngest uh, my daughter she has a genetic disease where she has uh seizures and she's had a few different brain surgeries down in Houston and she's on a lot of different medicines. sense and she goes to therapies and uh those sort of things which makes my wife unable to have a full-time job because she's on the phone uh, an awful lot you know speaking with therapists and doctors and different people for my daughter's care so what that really does to me is you know I'm sole breadwinner of the family and I really need to make sure that you know I'm motivated and and I'm providing for my family and it's something that I love to do you know obviously cuz I love my family and and I'm glad I can provide for them by doing something that I you know I'm passionate about and I have fun doing Awesome and thanks for sharing that Nate. So would you share more about your new book Fearless Investing? Sure. So I wrote this book a few months ago and I really see it as someone who is interested in learning about investing and would like to learn, you know, just a little bit more about me, but it gives a little bit of my background and some of the things that you should look for and and look out for when you are thinking about investing in any kind of opportunity. It can be a passive multifamily opportunity or just real estate in general where, you know, you're looking at the the market market if it's an active deal or or if it's a a passive deal you know who is running the show or who is organizing the deal and sponsoring it and and what have they done in the past and then you know just looking at the deal itself and does it look like the the business plan can be executed so it just has my experiences on you know from the different investments that I've done in my life and is a a good way to get you familiar with you know things you should look for and and get you on your path to investing so you can uh, invest fearlessly Okay, awesome. Cool. And thanks for sharing that. So, why you choose real estate and multifamily, Nate? 
just kind of going back to when I was uh, a franchisee owning those nutrition stores, just the the great benefits with multifamily specifically, how you are able to force the appreciation. And, you know, if it's either increasing the the revenues or the income or decreasing the expenses and doing whatever fixes need to be made, you know, you can greatly increase the value of the property. And then, you know, just the five great benefits that come, come along with investing in any type of real estate where you have income, you know, that the property is producing, you have the depreciation and the other great tax benefits. Uh, And if you're, you know, an an active uh, real estate professional, it just makes those benefits even better. Uh, You have the appreciation and sort of the inflation hedge over time, you know, rents are going to be increasing and the value of the property is going to be increasing. And then you're also leveraging, you know, your money by probably getting a a bank loan, uh, which really, you know, supercharges the returns that you're getting on a, a property. And then if you're working as a passive investor, you're also leveraging the relationships of the sponsors who are putting the deal together to get great financing and being able to source the deal. And yeah, I I guess in a nutshell, those would be all the the things that I like about investing in, in multifamily. Cool. And would you share the process of finding off market deals and how you're providing opportunities to others? Yes. Um, so it's, I guess I wouldn't say there's any one specific secret or, or way you just really have to be talking with everybody. You know, if it's with other brokers, with other investors, there are meetups that are available to you. And just by putting yourself out there and, you know, if you have a client or someone that you're working with, like I've done before, where you know the criteria of exactly what they want, then that just makes it easier. And then, you know, while you're talking to people and through these relationships, and it is a, you know, a time sensitive thing where it's not something where you just go out there and and you can find something, you know, like within a week, it's a process where you're just talking to a lot, a lot of people, you know, perhaps people that you've done business in the past with, and there's different opportunities. If it's, you know, some way, you know, people can partner together to purchase something, or if it's another passive opportunity, just, you know, being out there and talking with everybody and networking is, is just super important when you are you know trying to find these off-market deals. So basically you're using existing relationships to find off-market deals, right? Right. Yep. And using, using those um, existing relationships too, to see if, you know, maybe they might know someone else that would have something or using them as a bridge to open up other relationships. So it's not a cold introduction, you know, to someone brand new, but if you know, you know, have a mutual friend or possibly someone, someone that had done a deal uh, together or something in the past. Yeah. So yeah, just using your network and then building upon that to just branch out from there and, and uh, find opportunities. Awesome. So what is your process of finding these opportunities, both actively or passively? Would you share more about uh, those, your process of identifying those opportunities? Um, finding them? Well, just kind of like I was saying, you know, using, using your network and they all don't have to be off-market opportunities. It does seem right now with, there's a lot of money on the sidelines looking for investment opportunities. And if there is anything that you know, seems like a good deal. The prices are probably going to get uh, bid up, you know, somewhat. So if it's possible, I I do like to try to find something that is off market that fits my client's criteria, but it is just, you know, using those relationships and, you know, reaching out to owners directly, or if it's through another broker, you know, there's some way that they, they know someone or something that you can get introduced, uh, but really leveraging those relationships to, to find the opportunity. 
Good. And how do you evaluate these opportunities? Just, uh, you know, running financial models, if it is something that is advertised, most of the time, you know, the broker is going to put in a pro forma financial analysis, but you can't really go by that. You you need to make your own assumptions and, uh, you know, just run your own models and, and make sure that, you know, achieving the business plan, basically, you know, are the expenses in line with what the market and submarket is showing for expenses and are the rents that, you know, you think you can achieve, are those going to be the top in the market? or are there others that are achieving similar rents with a, you know, similar vintage property? So, you know, you don't want to be the first one that has the most expensive, you know, rents, no matter what asset class you're talking about, you know, are you don't want to be breaking ground and, and trying to set records, but you want to know that what you're doing is achievable and you're working with people that have achieved those uh, results before. So, you know, you can ensure success and, and not have anything bad happen or at least mitigate the chance of something bad happening. Cool. And so which markets you are targeting in it? Yes, really it's in the Midwest, anywhere from the Dakotas, North and South Dakota, all the way down South through Texas. Uh, I feel comfortable with the Midwest. I, I've grown up and I've lived in a few different uh, states in the Midwest. So I feel like I have a handle on those and the volatility and some of the price swings that you're seeing on the East and West Coast. Um, I'm just not as familiar with that. And, and my clients that I've been working with aren't really either. So I'm sure that there are great deals out there, but I would rather work with something that's proven. And I've seen the success uh, come from working in these Midwestern markets. And so that's yeah, mainly the, the Midwest of the United States. So why is South Dakota? You mentioned South Dakota also, right? Right. Um, so that's just, uh, and I'm located in Omaha, Nebraska. That's just one state uh, to the north of us. There's low cost of living there. And the, you know, the deals that you find are usually pretty solid and, and the tenant bases are usually pretty solid as well. So it's just, you know, good places to do business, good places to own properties. Cool. And so how do you evaluate submarkets? I would, you know, I guess just even going from the submarket, making sure that when you're looking at the specific deals that the business plan that you're proposing or if someone else is proposing and you're invest as a limited partner is actually possible. And so I guess to get further into what I look for and don't look for, I would I definitely stay away from war zones. You know, you want to make sure there's good schools in the area and this would go for any asset class you're interested in. And, you know, you, there's different websites out there that you can check crime statistics, but getting, you know, further on the micro of the specific deal, making sure that, you know, the, the rents that you're getting, or you think you can get are in line with reality to ensure that uh, the business plan that you're going to imp implement is uh, going to be done successfully. Good. And so what is your typical size of deals? For multifamily, I would say it's anywhere from, you know, 24 units up to 150. And I've invested in different active deals and uh, passive here in the Midwest. Normally they're you know, C plus to B minus type properties that are going to be cash flowing from day one. And they're going to have some room where it's either, you know, bumping the, the rents up to get to market or, you know, putting some money into each unit to get them there and then making sure the property is running efficiently. And if there's any expenses that can be recouped through rubs or anything like that to really force that appreciation and, and make sure, well, you know, the, the goal would be after you make your investment, you know, 12, 24, 36 months down the road, you'd like to be able to add enough value to get close to all of your uh, money back by doing a, a cash out refinance. And that's definitely what I look to do as well. And then you can just take that money and roll it into another deal or, or do whatever you like. 
Cool, cool. So what is your approach during COVID and going forward, Ned? Just really looking at uh, the assumptions that you're making and like for rent, rental increases, you don't want to be too aggressive. And, and generally, you know, one to 2% annually, I would say is a, a pretty conservative approach. And in the Midwest, that's kind of, you know, par for the course on the type of rental increases that you'll be seeing versus some, you know, bigger metros or uh, on the coast, there might be something a, a lot bigger than that. But just making sure your assumptions are conservative. And, you know, it, it's hard to underwrite during COVID because there's so much uncertainty and nobody knows what to think. And you don't know how soon things are going to get back to normal or whatever the, the new normal is. Um, so you just really want to take your time and make sure that you've evaluated everything appropriately and and you're making assumptions that are conservative to to make sure that you can you know do what you say you're going to do with with the business plan for the property awesome so would you like to share any of your best and worst experiences in real estate and multifamily so far so far, sure. My best one, I guess I would say, would be I was an investor in a property that um, just came full circle. Uh, we're able to refinance and uh, pull all of our cash uh, back out that we initially had invested in it, uh, which was awesome. It appraised what we thought it was going to. And then I was able to take that money and put it into a, another deal and, and just keep the ball rolling. So that was great to see that happen and, you know, have the plan go through with what we were, you know, planning on it. It just felt great. So that uh, of recent memory, I guess that would be my best experience. The worst, uh, worst experiences, I guess there's two, I would say, and, and they're not really worst, just the the time factor that comes with investing. It's a, you know, it's a long play game. You can't, it's not a get rich overnight type of scenario. You, you know, you make the property purchase and if you're adding value to it, you know, you do that and then hopefully refinance, like I just said on that last story there, but you know, it just takes time. And so you have to be patient. And sometimes if you're a person that uh, doesn't have a whole lot of patience, it might be aggravating or, or nerve wracking, but just knowing that as time passes, you know, the, the property is going to be increasing in value and the, the business plan is being implemented. So I guess the, just the anxiety of holding the property until you're able to uh, make the fixes that you are planning on doing. The other, I guess somewhat bad experience and it does kind of fall in line with just how the world is now with COVID. I was a LP in a hospitality deal and there was a cash call. So I had to come out of pocket and put some more money into that deal, which was not that fun. I'll be honest with you. I, I That's the only cash call I've ever done on any project that I've been involved with, but I really feel like, you know, with the, the vaccines and the progress that's being made with COVID. I think, uh, you know, it, it was needed and, uh, you know, it will just keep charging forward and hopefully that doesn't happen again. Yeah, cool. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And would you share any challenges you faced in real estate or multifamily? Yeah, I guess right now, just really the deal flow, there's not a whole lot of good solid properties out there. And so that's why, you know, the clients that I've been working with and trying to find um, off-market deals and I success, successfully have a, for them, you know, that is one thing where it just kind of comes in line uh, too with the, the timing thing. You you can't get impatient. You just have to wait and you don't want to be impulsive and, and, you know, buy a property that maybe you paid a little bit too much for or something like that that, you know, you really just need to stay calm and and know that, you know, things will get better in the future and, and don't make any rash uh, decisions. Cool. Yeah. And what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now? 
Sure. So right now, my current focus is just sharing my story, uh, like with people, uh, with you, Rama, and uh, friends, family, and other clients that I've done business with, and just talking with them about, you know, the the great benefits of real estate. I don't think that people really fully understand how great of an opportunity it is to invest in real estate. You know, if you have the capital and if your your life situation is ready for it. I know, growing up from you know my parents, they had told me, you know, to save money, you need to save more than you spend, obviously, but the way to save for retirement you know, was putting it in a retirement plan or 401k or a, a mutual fund. And that's what I did for, you know, growing up. That's, that was the plan, uh, you know, putting it on wall street. And now just, you know, my story, you know, like I've been uh, told the story before realizing of how great an investment can be, you know, in real estate and, and just sharing that with other people and letting them know. And then, you know, just seeing, seeing them, you know, be so happy where it, if you aren't uh, a part of the real estate game or experience the benefits, you kind of, you might have questions or be a little bit skeptical, but once you live it and know it and see all these benefits come into play, you know, then it just makes that all the better. And I, I like talking to people uh, about that and then sharing my story and then helping them get started and, and helping them find the best investments that fit their criteria. Cool. So any one advice that impacted you, Nate? Yeah, I, I would say going back to my dad always used to tell me growing up that you need to be careful of of who you hang out with or who you spend time with. And I, I really feel that's just a different take on when people say your your network is your net worth. And that is one of the things when, you know, after I really clarified my investing goals and figured out my why, you know, uh, educated myself, you have to surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to do. And it's, you know, just an amazing thing. Thing. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I can live to tell the tale of w- once you do this and you start having conversations with people, it just does something. And then whatever goals you've set out for yourself, they will come to fruition. And so I guess, you know, whatever that means to each person might be something different. But for me, it was, you know, first educating myself through books and podcasts and then talking with other investors and, and brokers and going to different meetups uh, to really you know, get the inside scoop and figure out exactly where I wanted to go and what the fastest way to get there was. Cool. And thanks for sharing that. So any one book that impacted your life and what way? I would say, well, and and I read this back when um, I um, had the nutrition stores, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That really opened my eyes to, you know, when you're working with people, dealing with people, the different things you just need to be aware of and how, you know, the human mind works and what we're most receptive to. I would say that, you know, was one of the best books. It helped me back then. And then even with real estate and investing, you know, you're working with people all the time and it's a team sport and just, you know, kind of even what I was saying with, you know, your network is your net worth. You you have to know how to, um, you know, work with all different personality types and know a little bit, you know, on uh, personality and psychology to, uh, you know, achieve uh, certain things, it'll it'll give you a leg up. So I would say that one, and it's not real estate related, I know, but just really helps getting your mindset uh, straight so you can achieve whatever you set out to. Cool. Yep. So how are you giving back to community? I would say there's two main ways I'm giving back. Just talking with other people that are getting started in real estate. I know I really valued the conversations that I had with other investors when I was just, you know, get 
getting rolling on uh, making investment and you know letting them know different experiences that I've had and things to watch out for. That's one way. And, and I, I know, you know, since I enjoyed it, I'm sure other people would probably put value in it too, is just having those conversations because it seems like sometimes the more successful people or successful investors that you might come across are might not be as open to having those conversations. So still, you know, being willing to learn and have those conversations, I would say. And then the second thing is goes back to my daughter, Kala. Um, I started a, a business. This has been a few years ago. The t-shirt and mer- merchandise business is called Scarlet Victor. So I'm located in Nebraska and, and it sells merchandise that's uh, somewhat associated with the uh, uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers. And um, half of all those profits, I donate to Children's Hospital. And the reason for that is just w- through my daughter and her disease and all of her surgeries, we've just been treated so well by children's hospitals that I wanted to do something that kind of fit in with my passion and talents and allowed me to give back. So so yeah, giving half of the profits uh, from that company to children's hospitals, uh, another thing I do. Awesome. So how can listeners can connect with you, Nate? Yes, you can find me. Uh, my personal website is natecre.com. And uh, like we had mentioned earlier in the interview, I just wrote a new book called Fearless Investing, where I go over things to look for and watch out for when you are investing. And it gives you a little bit uh, more background on me. So you can invest uh, fearlessly. So that is um, www.natecre. That's N-A-T-E-C-R-E.com. There's a way you can message, message me on there as well. And I I also post a lot on uh, LinkedIn. If you just uh, search for me on there, and that's a good way to see what I'm posting about and, and what I'm up to. Awesome. And thank you, Nate. I really enjoyed the conversation. You bet. I had a great time, Rama. Thank you very much. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating wealth through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.